This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by The Tempest Moon, available at projectanonymous.wordpress.com, and that's anonymous without a second O. Attention, citizens, it's time for Super Pulp Science. Hello, this is Super Pulp Science, <laughs> where we talk about how genre gets made. Um, we're here with our ever-reliable producer, Dan, our long-suffering co-host, Justin, of Chasing Artwork, and our very special guest, Chris Ducharme. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. Tell us about why you're here. Uh, well, Why have I, you brought us all here today? Well, <laughs> well technically, you brought me here, but um, no, I'm a, kind of a fresh artist, writer, starting to get my wings, and I just want to learn how to get from where I am now to where you guys are. But that's what we want to learn from you. Okay, well, let's talk. <laughs> all right, let's talk. Now, um, you, why don't you tell our dear listeners about some of the work you've done up till now? You've got some successful Kickstarters. Yeah. You have a book published with Epic Press. Yeah. So with Appy Press, it's a, a book called Curb Angels. It's about four girls, totally different backgrounds, different parts of the world coming together to try and solve a common goal, which is a very hefty one. I won't tell you any more than that. You've got to check it out. We need more. Okay. <laughs> tell us more. Um, Why would they check it out? What is the emotional center of your story? That's a good question. Um, it's such a heavy subject. It deals a lot with... Uh, Am I allowed to talk about it? It's um, like sex trafficking, basically, mm. for young girls in Thailand. And they're trying to find a way to save some of these girls. And it's it's four strangers, and it's a journey of how they come together and hey. kind of end it like sisters, more or less. So you're not shying away from heavy topics. Absolutely yeah. not. Now, you wrote this book, and someone else illustrated it. Yes, my good friend Lisa Mendes. All right. So how did Lisa come to work on this project? It's actually her original idea. She didn't know how to start it, and I had a few projects going. I showed her some of my stuff. Um, she one day texted me and said, hey, I've got this idea. I want you to write it. I didn't think twice. I said, yes, I will do this for you. <laughs> And um, it's come a long way since that original idea, because all she had was just these four girls that kind of got together. And through the last two years that we've been working on it, we, we've landed on this heavy subject. And we've there's a lot of uh, emotional stuff between the girls that might hit home for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, a lot of it hit home for me, because I, I deal with some uh, mental illness depression, not that bad. But one of the girls I decided to write that has that as well, due to some of the things she's been through. And it's interesting to try and put yourself in the perspective of someone else dealing with it, having dealt with it yourself. So there's going to be a lot going on in it. So right out the gate, you guys took on a pretty um, like complicated, there's a lot of complicated tones going on there. Like yeah. most people start with a kid's book, <laughs> you know? I, uh, I write very dark stuff. Mm. A lot of the more dark stuff hasn't come to light yet, but um, is yeah. This part, is this like going to be an ongoing series or like? That's the eventual goal. Yeah. Yes, we're we're aiming for just one book right now. We want to see how it goes out in the world, but we want to see these girls way more often, way uh, way further into the future. So that's the goal, mm -hmm. and we have plans for them. So I'm curious about um, how you took somebody else's idea who uh, had created, I guess she had like a visual Bible or a, a set of character designs. Yeah. 
what was the process for you guys to take that idea and turn it into a story that then she could turn into a visual representation of that story? It pretty much started like we've we've been friends for a number of years and every once in a while we'd get together, sit down and just talk about these ideas that we have. And I guess through this process, we've learned that we have very similar ideas for storytelling. And there's just, I don't know, the, the gap kind of bridged itself from that point. What was that, that moment or that conversation where it, it stopped being talk and actually became something? Because so many writers and, and illustrators get together and they talk about <laughs> you know, this graphic novel that we're gonna do someday. They never end up doing it. Like what was, what was the, the linchpin? made you guys do it? Well, I mean, for me, uh, the second I have an idea and I want to do something, I have to do it. Like, I can't sleep at night unless I do it. It's like a good song stuck in your head. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I've, every time I meet someone new who I see potential in, who I think is a good writer or a good artist, I push them as much as I can to, to start. And just start somewhere. Because if you have a, your first step, the next few steps come naturally. So I don't know. I guess I just wore off on her eventually. Because she's been doing good work in Winnipeg in a lot of different areas. Oh, uh, she's a fantastic artist. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Um, were there any course corrections because of the content? Like, were there any times where you guys said, okay, how far is too far or how much is too much? Or, Well, I mean, the script has changed. I think I'm on version 7 of the script because I would write to a point, hate it, start over, write to a point, hate it, start over, and eventually found the sweet spots. So how much of the book is finished now? Um, she's, I want to say, 20 pages in. Obviously, that's the harder part of it. Uh, the script is about half done. And how with, many total pages? We're aiming for between 100 to 200. 100 to 200. We don't have a, a actual count yet because the script's not done. But there is a roadmap to finish it. We know what we want to happen. It's just a matter of putting the words in the characters' mouths. And, and you have a publisher in place. Yeah. And so then the um, issue that I saw at Comic-Con, at C4 Comic-Con, that was just a sampler then, just a preview yep. of things to come. Yep. But you guys don't have a final publishing date yet? Uh, not as of this moment. Once we have everything together, we'll get that. Is that, that scary? That terrifies me. I would be so nervous <laughs> not knowing. I need that final date. Oh, not knowing like the due date. Yeah. Yeah. Does it affect, it's the reason there's seven versions of the script because you have no due date, do you think? Or like do you, you knew need you had no to the end of the month to hand in the final, final script, you wouldn't be revising as much? Is that what you're getting at? I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like the freedom because... Too much freedom, though, can be a bad thing. It can yeah. be. It absolutely can be. I've had stuff I've been working on for 10 years that isn't even half done. But, um, I mean, as far as this goes... Um, Matt, our publisher, has been very gracious about it. He tells us to take our time. I guess my idea is you can't rush perfection. Right. So I don't mind taking my time on it. Um, I'm sure you guys know what this is like. The creative type, there's always something in your head. And I have like 10 things on my brain at the exact same time. So if one thing hits a block, I just go on to the next until I can figure the rest out. Yeah. Right. I yeah. use the term percolating because that's essentially what's happening in yeah. my brain. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your recreation, fellows, but it is time for Sergeant Pinback to feed the aliens. Oh, I don't want to do that. Lisa 
and you are doing the book yourselves. So there's no page rates in there from the publisher. You just have an agreement to publish the final wanted, version of it. I wanted to add, like to go with that. Did Matt's, did Atbay Press get involved before that first issue was done or because that first issue was It was done? because the, the first yeah. issue that you saw yeah. was actually a second version of it. Because we started this, I wrote her a script. She drew about 30-something pages. And out of her own pocket, paid to print a 10-page teaser of it. Oh, wow. Brought I it saw to that C4. teaser. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Brought it to C4. Now, she had met Matt before because she had a table. They were next to each other. And decided to show it to him. Didn't expect that. So literally uh, just table neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one day he said, I want to meet with you guys and talk about this project. So we sat down, we told him the general idea. Um, his comment was, the script is good, but it could be better. So I think the reason why there's so many versions of it is because I look at it and I think, this is good, but how can I make it better? So how do you make it better? What are these indicators of success <laughs> for you? Um, unfortunately, to make it better, I scrap everything and start from the beginning. Mm. From the beginning? From the beginning. Wow. Yeah. That's such a different process than what I'm used to. How do you maintain your momentum um, starting over? Yeah. Like I said, I have to be doing something at all times. So, um, I mean, it's like if you draw a picture and it doesn't look right, you crumple it up and you start again. I've done that numerous times with numerous different pieces, and it's, it's the same process for me, really. So, um, I've mentioned... Uh, Malcolm Gladwell on this podcast before. He has a podcast, uh, it's much more famous than ours, but he talks about the difference between Picasso and Cezanne, how they work. Picasso, of course, um, arrive, the idea arrives fully formed, he finishes the painting, he moves on to something new. Cezanne does version after version after version of the same painting until he finally is happy with the result. So you're more in the Cezanne yeah. camp here, where you just start over if you don't like it pretty much yeah. fine tune fine tune fine tune yeah i'm i actually have this like little knot of fear <laughs> inside like a man trying to put myself like trying to <laughs> empathize with that position of like okay this part doesn't work i'm just gonna start over oh man i have like cold sweat on the back of my neck right now I'm trying to imagine that with the projects i have going on right now yeah so i admire this in you this is a this is a facet of the human condition I think that I do not possess. So yeah, we've talked to a lot of artists on the podcast here. Would you say Cezanne's are more common or Picasso's are more common? I think in the circles that we run, it's the Picasso's yeah. but um, not because that's a better way but just I think because people don't have the mental fortitude to start, like, over, yeah. to start again I mean, and keep that. You tend hope. to attract people that you're more like, I find, yeah. so or maybe what it is is that all the people who are starting over every time <laughs> right, um, are not yet ready to share and so aren't talking about it. So maybe what's more true, maybe there are equal numbers of Picassos and Cezannes, but Picasso, the showman, is always yeah. telling everyone what he's working on. And Cezanne, right, the grinder, is just, well, it's not finished yet. There's no point in talking about it. Interesting. So if you're one of those quiet Cezannes out there, know that we now know you exist <laughs> and we believe in you and we admire that you have started over yet again because um, I couldn't I would be crushed if I had to just start at the beginning every time I don't mind doing revisions 
right? I don't mind changing direction, changing course along the way, but I have to use that momentum to keep moving or I sink. Don't you know who I am? I'm the juggernaut, bitch! But you also just did a successful Kickstarter. Yes. For a book you wrote and illustrated. Yes. You want to tell us about that? Yes. Uh, this is a comic titled The Tempest Moon. Uh, the one sentence pitch I can give is about a teenage girl discovers a secret about her family that could threaten the safety of the earth. So it's a kind of like an urban fantasy. Uh, I leaned a little bit closer to a coming of age because it's about how the girl learns about her family history and, and how she deals with that. Um, I've been working on this, uh, I think I started about a year before I met you, which I told you the other day, I did the math, it's almost 10 years. I think it's close to nine at this point. Cool. So this, My condolences for knowing me that long. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been working on this for nine years, and half of the reason it took so long is because life has gotten the way. Yeah. So I've had jobs that kind of took up a lot of my time. I recently got married, so I took time off of doing Comic-Cons to kind of save up for that. Uh, but over the summer last year, I finally penciled and inked the final pages of it, and it was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, uh, how many pages? Uh, 500, 490 to be exact. Um, I did a eight-page free comic book day special, so if we throw that in, it's about 500. 500 cool. pages. Justin, why don't you work harder? <laughs> Come on, Justin. <laughs> yeah. You got it in you. Huh? Quick 10 years, quick yeah. 500 pages, no big deal. But that's 50 pages a year. That's, that's yeah. even still, that's ambitious for a person who is not doing it full time, who doesn't yeah. have that capacity yet, right? That's to not, that's some Cezanne focus, <laughs> man. If I had the ability to do full time, I probably would have had it done in half the time. Do you think so? I think so. so. Just a quick five years? Yeah. 100 pages a year, okay. Wow. Between what I do for work, I can pencil, ink, and then the digital part where I scan, touch up, and do the lettering. I can do that about 30 pages in a month. Now, how have you found your work has evolved over the course of 500 pages? Oh, my goodness. visual voice. Look at page one and look at page 400. Yeah. There's yeah. a huge artistic you, difference. Did you do it in order? You didn't jump around? You... No, it straight oh. from page one and on. And uh, this might make you guys squirm even more. The first chapter, I didn't even plan it. I just, here's no, a piece pantsing. of paper. I'm down with pantsing. Yeah, no, that's good. Here's but. a frame. Here's what goes in it. Let's do the next frame. <laughs> and I did that for 20 pages. And it was the worst idea. I don't <laughs> recommend it to anybody. Yeah, I recently did that for three pages. But I don't know if I would do that for 20 pages. But then also, I wouldn't want to start over. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, different, different people do it different ways. Um, actually, I'm fascinated by how different our creative outlooks are right now. That's um, interesting. I've been listening to you guys for a little while, and I knew coming into this that we did things differently. So yeah. I like actually having the conversation. Okay, now. so if you've heard our way of doing things, this is also a position we're not normally in where someone calls us on having listened ah. to the podcast a lot. Uh, do I you have questions homework. for us? Um, the only question I have, since I'm kind of at the turning point in life, you guys have been doing this for a while. I'm just kind of like, hey, I got this book now. What do I do? So between having a day job and doing this full time, how do you 
how do you do that? How do you bridge that gap? Uh, in what way? Are we talking like emotional, financial, physical? Whatever you think is important. Ooh, Lay it on me. Lay it on you. How do you do it? You have to decide it's what you want. And then you have to have the endurance to go through the time. That transition time is hard. Yeah. Because it is very uncertain. And there is a lot of um, self-doubt. Little, the little small self is all, gets bigger in your head as you're you know, stepping off the precipice. Um, I don't know what your work life balance is like, but if you have a steady job that is, you know, covering all the bills and making everything work and you're used to that, the transition away from that is a very, it's, you have to be able to pivot into, well, I don't know, right? Hey, can I pay my mortgage later or can I pay my rent? I don't know, but <laughs> I believe I can. I'm going to try with my entire being. I'm going to make it work, but you don't know for sure. Um, Justin was in a slightly different position. I didn't have a wife and two kids to, to think about as well. Um, my transition, I, I had it pretty easy, I think. Like I was, I had my full-time job and um, I was doing freelance on the side and then Comic-Cons were kind of my big like, it was, it was like financially viable and I was starting to do uh, get more and more work from from those, and I was able to. And like the the really big thing was I was able to travel for them and come back solvent, right? Like I could, I went to Calgary and came back, and I I you know I made money, I didn't lose it. So tried Toronto, same deal. And then I I started going further and further and further, and I started doing better and better and better. And it kind of hit me like one day it was like out of nowhere, hey. I think I'm making more money on the side than I'm making at my full-time job. Why do I have a full-time <laughs> job? Like, yeah. it kind of crept out of nowhere, that, that idea that I could potentially... Yeah, I was able to evolve out of passion. So, like, yeah. some pragmatic side for me was uh, I spent a year lining up a year of work so that when I left my full-time teaching position, I knew that I had a full year. At minimum. Right? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. going to be the same. Don't ask me. I had it easy, Greg. <laughs> yeah, right? So I, I had to line up a full year. But, of course, um, freelance work uh, on the balance sheet can total up to the same amount that you're used to earning. But it doesn't pay at the regular interval that you're yeah. used to being paid. And that is, I think, for a lot of people, um, a huge wake-up call. And the person that said it best, I think, the, the plan I wish we had all followed, I think the best plan we ever heard was from uh, Corey Jay, who said, you know, you should spend a year practicing the thing that you want to be doing and putting away at least six months of salary while you're lining up that next year of work so that you have money in the bank, you have been practicing so that you're better at it than when you were that the previous year, and then you step off uh, with a little bit of savings, a plan, and the ability to give it your all. Corey your was very responsible. Yeah, about, she's yeah. perhaps <laughs> more responsible than you or I were. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is a mental space, too. Uh, if you believe you can, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but like if you believe you can, you can. That's not necessarily true. Power of friendship. But if you, yeah, it's not the power of friendship will not work. But if you believe <laughs> that you can adjust 
if you believe that you can take the plan that isn't working and make it into a plan that can work along the way, then you can keep that momentum. If you have to start from the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> which we know uh, my habits, yes. right? then maybe that is uh, a difficult headspace to be in. Chaos is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Not as wonderful as friendship. Oh, this again. Mentally, was there a conversation you had in your head where you're getting, you saw more fulfillment on this side? Like on the, on comic, uh, yeah. like in Artland? Uh, definitely more fulfilling. Yeah, like the like parts what part of, of it was, was fulfilling. Uh, having your own agency, deciding which projects are meaningful, turning down projects. I mean, I turned down a lot of projects in that first year that may have paid well, but would have taken away my creative oomph for lack of a better word, right? That vitality, I said no to a lot of client work. Um, and that was like the greatest feeling ever was to say, here's a bunch of work that has no meaning to me, except money. That's not enough of a meaning, so I'm not gonna do it. Um, and I think we get caught in the other side, in the day-to-day, where you just get used to that drip, you get used to that steady paycheck, you get used to the things where other people are calling the shots and it's just how it is because everyone around you, that's their world too. Yeah. And if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and all the people you spend time with at work are also willing to do the average thing, then you end up with that as the result. So it's, you know, it can be terrifying, but fear is a great motivator. Um, because what, you know, what life do you want? And you made a 500 page book, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're, you're lacking in, in uh, self-determination. No, I got a table for C4 this year and I have kind of a plan for the next handful of years. So I'm gonna play it by ear, see how things go. Now the, the other side too is the audience has to respond. Like making a 500 page book, if nobody wants it or nobody reads it or nobody, like if we're just, if we're drilling down to truth talk, if nobody will pay money for it, then you need to look at um, either what that next project will be, right? Or which parts of that 500 pages people respond to the most and say, okay, this, and see if it lines up with what you want and what you're good at. Yeah. Because if there's a nice Venn diagram between what you want and what you're <laughs> good at, you aim for that sweet spot and that's where maybe your living is. Awesome. That's what I have to say. That's sound advice. I like it. Sound advice. Well, it sounds like advice, whether it's <laughs> sound advice or not. I'm not sure. Um, okay. Well, this has been Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. We are here with uh, Chris Ducharme, and I'm hoping you will come back and talk to us about how the project has gone. Absolutely. Anytime. Dear listeners, join the fight and make comments.